Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 83. Today we are looking at the fact that God is the one who initiates in ways to help people in all the different circumstances they find themselves in. And our three passages show uh, an experience of that help of God. We'll see that in Samuel, in one of the Psalms, and in Acts chapter 10. So let's begin with 1 Samuel 14. Then one day Jonathan, son of Saul, said to his armor bearer, Come on, let's go over to the Philistine garrison that is opposite us. But he did not let his father know. Now Saul was sitting under a pomegranate tree in Migron on the outskirts of Gibeah. The army that was with him numbered about 600 men. Now Ahijah was carrying an ephod. He was the son of Ahitub, who was the brother of Ichabod and a son of Phinehas, son of Eli, the priest of the Lord in Shiloh. The army was unaware that Jonathan had left. Now there was a steep cliff on each side of the pass through which Jonathan intended to go to reach the Philistine garrison. One cliff was named Bozes, the other Senna. The cliff to the north was closer to Michmash and the one to the south closer to Geba. Jonathan said to his armor bearer, Come on, let's go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised men. Perhaps the Lord will intervene for us. Nothing can prevent the Lord from delivering, whether by many or by by few. His armor-bearer said to him, Do everything that is in your mind. Do as you are inclined. I am with you all the way. Jonathan replied, All right, we'll go over to these men and fight them. If they say to us, Stay put until we approach you, we will stay right there and not go up to them. But if they say, Come up against us, we will go up, for in that case the Lord has given them into our hand. It will be a sign to us. When they made themselves known to the Philistine garrison, the Philistines said, Look, the Hebrews are coming out of their holes in which they hid themselves. Then the men of the garrison said to Jonathan and his armor-bearer, Come on up to us so we can teach you a thing or two. Then Jonathan said to his armor-bearer, Come up behind me, for the Lord has given them into the hand of Israel. Jonathan crawled up on his hands and feet, with his armor-bearer following behind him. Jonathan struck down the Philistines, while his armor-bearer came along behind him and killed them. In the initial skirmish, Jonathan and his armor-bearer struck down 20 men in an area that measured half an acre. Then fear overwhelmed those who were in the camp, those who were in the field, all the army garrison, and the raiding bands. They trembled and the ground shook. The fear was caused by God. Saul's watchman in Gibeah, at Gibeah in the territory of Benjamin, looked on as the crowd of soldiers seemed to melt away, first in one direction and then in another. So Saul said to the army that was with him, Muster the troops and see who is no longer with us. When they mustered the troops, Jonathan and his armor-bearer were not there. So Saul said to Ahijah, Bring near the ephod, for he was at that time wearing the ephod in front of the Israelites. While Saul spoke to the priest, the panic in the Philistines' camp was becoming greater and greater. So Saul said to the priest, Withdraw your hand. Saul and all the army assembled and marched into battle, where they found the Philistines in total panic, killing one another with their swords. The Hebrews, who had earlier gone over to the Philistine side, joined the Israelites, who were with Saul and Jonathan. When all the Israelites who had hidden themselves in the hill country of Ephraim heard that the Philistines had fled, they too pursued them in battle. So the Lord delivered Israel that day, 
and the battle shifted over to Beth Avon. Now the men of Israel were hard pressed that day, for Saul had made the army agree to this oath Cursed be the man who eats food before evening. I will get my vengeance on my enemies. So no one in the army ate anything. Now the whole army entered the forest, and there was honey on the ground. When the army entered the for- forest, they saw the honey flowing, but no one ate any of it, for the army was afraid of the, of the oath. But Jonathan had not heard about the oath his father had made the army take. He extended the end of his staff that was in his hand and dipped it into the honeycomb. When he ate it, his eyes gleamed. Then someone from the army informed him, Your father put the army under a strict oath saying, Cursed be the man who eats food today. That is why the army is tired. Then Jonathan said, My father has caused trouble for the land. See how my eyes gleamed when I tasted just a little of this honey. Certainly if the army had eaten some of the enemy's provisions that they came across today, would not the slaughter of the Philistines been even greater? On that day, the army struck down the Philistines from Michmash to Ailan, and they all became very tired. So the army rushed greedily on the plunder, confiscating sheep, cattle, and calves. They slaughtered them right on the ground, and the army ate them, blood and all. Now it was reported to Saul, Look, the army is sinning against the Lord by eating even the blood. He said, All of you have broken the covenant. Roll a large stone over here to me. Then Saul said, Scatter out among the army and say to each of them, Each of you bring me your ox and sheep and slaughter them on this spot and eat. But don't sin against the Lord by eating the blood. So that night each one brought his ox and slaughtered it there. Then Saul built an altar for the Lord. It was the first time he had built an altar for the Lord. Saul said, Let's go down after the Philistines at night. We will rout them until the break of day. We won't leave any of them alive. They replied, Do whatever seems best to you. But the priest said, Let's approach God here. So Saul asked God, Should I go down after the Philistines? Will you deliver them into the hand of Israel? But he did not answer him that day. Then Saul said, All you leaders of the army come here. Find out how this sin occurred today. For as surely as the Lord, the deliverer of Israel, lives, even if it turns out to be my own son Jonathan, he will certainly die. But no one from the army said anything. Then he said to all Israel, You will be on my on one side, and I and my son Jonathan will be on the other side. The army replied to Saul, Do whatever you think is best. Then Saul said, O Lord God of Israel, if this sin has been committed by me or by my son Jonathan, then O Lord God of Israel, respond with Urim. But if this sin has been committed by the people of Israel, then respond with Thummim. Then Jonathan and Saul were indicated by Lot, while the army was exonerated. Then Saul said, Cast the lot between me and my son Jonathan. And Jonathan was indicated by Lot. So Saul said to Jonathan, Tell me what you have done. Jonathan told him, I used the end of the staff that was in my hand to taste a little honey. I must die. Saul said, God will punish me severely if Jonathan doesn't die. But the army said to Saul, Should Jonathan, who won this great victory in Israel, die? May it never be. As surely as the Lord lives, not a single hair of his head will fall to the ground. For it is with the help of God that he has acted today. So the army rescued Jonathan from death. Then Saul stopped chasing the Philistines, and the Philistines went back home. After Saul had secured his royal position over Israel, he fought against all their enemies on all sides, the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, the kings of Zobah, and the Philistines. In every direction that he turned, he was victorious. He fought bravely, striking down the Amalekites and delivering Israel from all its enemies. The sons of Saul were Jonathan, Ishvi, and Malki Shua. He had two daughters. The older one was named Marib and the younger, Michael. 
The name of Saul's wife was Ahinoam, the daughter of Ahimaaz. The name of the general in the army of his army was Abner, son of Ner, Saul's uncle. Kish was the father of Saul, and Ner, the father of Abner, was the son of Abiel. There was fierce war with the Philistines all the days of Saul. So whenever Saul saw anyone who was a warrior or a brave individual, he would conscript him. And here we see in this story of 1 Samuel how God helped Jonathan and gave him that victory, which was clearly a victory that God, only God, could make happen with the way it all occurred. And now we turn to Psalm 124, a psalm of David that describes again God as a helper. Psalm 124, a song of ascents by David. If the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say this, if the Lord had not been on our side when men attacked us, they would have swallowed us alive when their anger raged against us. The water would have overpowered us. The current would have overwhelmed us. The raging water would have overwhelmed us. The Lord deserves praise for he did not hand us over as prey to their teeth. We escaped with our lives like a bird from a hunter's snare. The snare broke and we escaped. Our deliverer is the Lord, the creator of heaven and earth. It's a beautiful, brief psalm by David describing the Lord as our ultimate helper. And now we move to Acts chapter 10 and see in this chapter how God helps Peter in particular and the church as a whole realize that the good news of Jesus needed to be shared beyond their own circle, beyond their own ethnic group, and not just in the land of Judea, but to the ends of the world. And so we see this happening, and we see the wonderful way that God helps them understand this through this passage today. Acts chapter 10. Now there was a man in Caesarea named Cornelius, a centurion of what was known as the Italian cohort. He was a devout, God-fearing man, as was all his household. He did many acts of charity for the people and prayed to God regularly. About three o'clock one afternoon, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God who came in and said to him, Cornelius, staring at him and becoming greatly afraid, Cornelius replied, What is it, Lord? The angel said to him, Your prayers and your acts of charity have gone up as a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and summon a man named Simon, who is called Peter. This man is staying as a guest with a man named Simon a Tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who had spoken to him departed, Cornelius called two of his personal servants and a devout soldier from among those who served him. And when he had explained everything to them, he sent them to Joppa. About noon the next day, while they were on their way and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted to eat, but while they were preparing the meal, a trance came over him. He saw heaven opened and an object, something like a large sheet, descending, being let down to earth by its four corners. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals and reptiles of the earth and wild birds. Then a voice said to him, Get up, Peter, slaughter and eat. But Peter said, Certainly not, Lord, for I have never eaten anything defiled or ritually unclean. The voice spoke to him again a second time, saying, What God has made clean, you must not consider ritually unclean. This happened three times, and immediately the object was taken up into heaven. Now, while Peter was puzzling over what the vision could have signified, the men sent from Bicornius had learned where Simon's house was and approached the gate. They called out to ask if Simon, known as Peter, was staying there as a guest. While Peter was still thinking seriously about the vision, the spirit said to him, Look, 
Three men are looking for you, but get up, go down and accompany them without hesitation because I have sent them. So Peter went down to the men and said, here I am, the person you're looking for. Why have you come? They said, Cornelius the centurion, a righteous and God-fearing man, well spoken of by the whole Jewish nation, was directed by a holy angel to summon you to his house and to hear a message from you. So Peter invited them in and entertained them as guests. On the next day, he got up and set out with them, and some of the brothers from Joppa accompanied him. The following day, he entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting anxiously for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. So when Peter came in, Cornelius met him, fell at his feet, and worshipped him. But Peter helped him up, saying, Stand up! I too am a mere mortal. Peter continued talking with him as he went in, and he found many people gathered together. He said to them, You know that it is unlawful for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. Yet God has shown me that I should call no person defiled or ritually unclean. Therefore, when you sent for me, I came without any objection. Now may I ask why you sent for me? Cornelius replied, Four days ago at this very hour, at three o'clock in the afternoon, I was praying in my house, and suddenly a man in shining clothing stood before me and said, Cornelius, your prayers have been heard, and your acts of charity have been remembered before God. Therefore send to Joppa and summon Simon, who is called Peter. This man is staying as a guest in the house of Simon the Tanner by the sea. Therefore I sent for you at once, and you were kind enough to come. So now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to say to us. Then Peter started speaking, saying, I now truly understand that God does not show favoritism in dealing with people, but in every nation the person who fears him and does what is right is welcomed before him. You know the message he sent to the people of Israel, proclaiming the good news of peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. You know what happened throughout Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John announced, with respect to Jesus from Nazareth, that God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by, de by the devil, because God was with him. We are witnesses of all these things he did in Judea and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him up on the third day and caused him to be seen not by all the people, but by us, the witnesses God had already chosen, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to warn them that he is the one appointed by God as judge of the living and the dead. About him all the prophets testify that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all those who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had accompanied Peter were greatly astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they had heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, No one can withhold the water for these people to be baptized, who have received the Holy Spirit just as we did, can we? So he gave orders to have them baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked him to stay for several days. Just an amazing story. Here's Peter, a Jew. Uh, by the laws he'd grown up with, never to be allowed to associate or walk into the house of a Gentile. And here he goes, sharing the good news, because God helped him to understand that his message of hope and grace and mercy in Jesus was for all nations, just as Jesus had said in Matthew 28, go and make disciples of all nations. 
And now here God is helping the church continue in that direction. And thankfully that has happened throughout all the centuries ever since. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, HTTP, netbible.com, copyright 1996, 2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music.